Welcome back to Well, That's Interesting, the Just Leave Wild Animals Alone edition. Yeah, I'm going to second that one. Uh, <laughs> as much as I would love to hang out yep. with a leopard, um, yeah. I think it would be bad for both the leopard and me Yeah, if we hung out. Yeah. It's, you know? It's usually uh, when you meet a leopard, it's too late. <laughs> yeah. That's the last thing you'll ever meet. Yeah, so. And uh, I, I'm sure it would really annoy a leopard so. if I was around. Aw. Well, or maybe we'd be kindred spirits. Who knows? But either way, I, I'm not going to gamble on it. No. Don't, I, I don't want to find out. Do not gamble on it. Uh, I'm Jill Chacha, and I am with uh, the savvy Marissa Riley. Thank you. She, I am savvy on one or two things. <laughs> <laughs> she does not hang out with big cats. I don't. No, I so. try to wear. I'm actually allergic to cats. So. Yeah. Oh, so that helps then. Yeah. You know the, yeah. So they'll kill you twice. There you go. So. Asthma attack and, <laughs> right. um, I don't know, beheading or whatever. <laughs> this is uh, In Betweeny 034, rhino poacher trampled by elephants, and why 40 finches were smuggled in hair rollers. I, 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 this is one of those times where I didn't know the title ahead of time. Yeah. I have so many questions, Jill. <laughs> I have so many freaking questions. Also, fuck yeah, elephants. So, yeah, if, if, if this is your first time listening, uh, Marissa Riley, Dr. Riley, Dr. Yeah. Marissa comes in cold. I do. So, um, And then Jill comes in with the fucking facts. <laughs> and they're good facts. They're juicy facts. And the, and the, the story behind the facts. And the story. That she, way you never forget. And you can tell your friends... At a uh, at a party, at a fully vaccinated party. Fully vaccinated party. You They're coming up. for you. <laughs> That's right. So arm yourself with the most awkward shit to get out of a conversation you don't want to have. That's, That's true. <laughs> I, I, I use these topics constantly um, when I have to. So, you know. Amazing. Put your earbuds in. And right. Listen Crank closely. It up. <laughs> should, should, uh, should we begin? Uh, yeah, yes, definitely. Okay. So let's begin by heading back in time. Just a few days to mid-April. Oh my God, so long ago. <laughs> April 17th, uh, and we're in the painfully gorgeous country of South Africa, oh. located, of course, at the very southern tip of the continent. Now, our first story takes place here in a jewel called Kruger National Park. And oh. where the fuck is that? Yes. Well, okay, so picture South Africa on a map. Okay. Okay, now point towards the center. Okay, I'm, I'm pointing. Move your finger all the way east until, uh. until you hit the coast, and then move north until you nearly leave the country, the very northeast, right on the border next to another beautiful country, Mozambique, and that's where oh. Kruger National Park is. Ah, I am familiar Excellent. with uh, Mozambique and South Africa, believe yeah. it or not. All right, great. Yeah. Amazing. I, I know what they're called, <laughs> and I know what continent they're on. That's a lot... More than most Americans. So <laughs> Unfortunately, <that's>, yeah. <laughs> which is why I gave that breakdown. Uh, now, Kruger National Park is fucking massive. It's over 7,500 square miles. And to put that into perspective, Yosemite National Park in the States is about 1,200 square miles. Holy shit. Yeah. So it's six or seven times. Yeah. And it's even bigger than Yellowstone, which clocks in at 3,400 miles. So Kruger's twice as big as Yellowstone. Holy shit. So yeah. this is a big-ass park. It is a big park. Uh, and it's massive because it's home to every classic creature 
you learned as a kid when you were taught like what animals live in Africa. Yeah. There's like zebra, African buffalo, giraffe, hippos, impala, wild dogs, cheetahs, crocs, leopards, lions, hyena, and our main characters, elephants and rhinos. Ah, yes, both couple couple favorites. That's right. Like both, both black and white rhino, classic. Uh, according to the South Africa National Parks website, San Park. Uh, sanparks.org. There's around 17,000 elephants here and a much smaller number of rhino, about 4,000. And both are extinct. Or, uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Endangered. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's okay. She's holding her. She's, oh, she's holding wow. Her face oh. In exchange. Endangered. They are endangered. Okay. Very, very much so. We're actually going to talk. Hope, I hope they. <laughs> I hope. The status changes not to extinct, but the other way. Oh, my <laughs> yes. God. I'm just going to go you know? bury my head in the sand. <laughs> so you're just... Jeez. Um, we're actually going to talk about that. Now, the Kruger National Park does an incredible job protecting every animal from poaching. But it, you know, it still happens. Yeah. Um, so let's just get through some tough stats that are necessary to understand how critical the rhino situation is and why people would even consider poaching yeah. as a thing. Okay. So all this info that I'm about to tell you is from an absolutely amazing organization, Save the Rhino. So mm. check it out, savetherhino.org. Uh, you can donate if you can. The site is super informative, so you can spread awareness like we are right now. Uh, or if you've got the time and the passion, you can even fucking join the organization because not all heroes fucking wear capes. Amazing. So, that's, right. that's so wonderful. So anyway, let's get to some stats. Yeah. Okay, in the past 10 years, nearly 10,000 rhinos have been killed for their horns. Um, so, Holy shit. Yeah. That is huge. Yeah. Especially for an endangered animal. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it's not a steady thousand a year. Um, with proper funding and organization, you can really see an impact. In 2015, for example, over 1,300 were poached. But in 2020, just over 400 were unfortunately killed. Yeah. So that's a big difference, but it can still be reduced. At the moment, quote, on average in the country, in South Africa, a rhino is killed for its horn every 22 hours. End quote. Uh, so that's not cool. And no. We can do better. My question is, what do they even, uh, with all of um, sort of materials, uh, man-made materials, synthetics, things like that, yeah. what the hell are they doing? What the hell do they need these horns for? Is it purely... Mm -hmm. A decorative, like, yeah. Ugh, I got it around a horn. It makes yeah. me so tough. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're, I'm gonna briefly touch upon that. Yeah. Okay, because I'm like yeah. anything you can make out of a rhino horn, I swear can be made out of plastic, and I don't want it. <laughs> right. or, or or some sort of biodegradable material yeah. that that you can recycle. Right. Yeah, uh, we're gonna touch upon that, and you're actually gonna do the reading for us. Hell so, yeah. yeah. Hell so. yes. <laughs> So now, if you're wondering why anyone would choose to be a poacher and risk their life while destroying a fragile population and immediately thought, oh, well, it must be capitalism, you're right. Um, Dr. Marissa, if you would be so kind to read from allthatsinteresting.com. Of course. Absolutely. All right. Quote, poachers can get a premium price for their horns, about 9000 per pound in Asia. Societies in China and Vietnam have used rhino horns as an ingredient in traditional medicine for thousands of years. Because horns are often seen as a status symbol, they're sought after as gifts. Uh, rhino horns are, and I quote, one of the most expensive wildlife products 
on the illegal market. And quote, explained Michael Slattery, founder of the Texas Christian University uh, Rhino Initiative. Uh, poachers are seen uh, are seen dollar signs. End quote. There you go. Okay, so Nine. sometimes it's used for medicine. Mostly, it is just a fucking status symbol. So, yeah, to have it in your home. Nine, and that was nine thousand U.S. dollars. That's so that's bullshit. probably even more for South African money. I didn't look it up. But you, you want a status <laughs> symbol? Paint a fucking picture. You know, you don't fucking need that. You know, support a fucking artist. Yeah, there's other ways to get to launder your fucking money or whatever. So. Uh, buy buy something <laughs> expensive from West Elm. Whatever you want, <laughs> just like just please don't kill a rhino. Are you? Oh my god. Uh, so all of this leads us to that fateful day, April seventeenth. Field rangers were out on their usual patrol in the Fabeni area of the park. Um, now, this is from krugerpark.co.za. Quote, Fabeni Gate was built in 2002 to ease access to the park for people traveling from Johannesburg, end quote. And it seems some people try to exploit this entryway. Yeah. Here, three unauthorized folks were seen by rangers, and they immediately went into pursuit, a chase that included air support and a canine unit. And they were not fucking around, yeah. uh, especially when rangers found an axe and a bag with food provisions. It was clear those three folks were here to hunker down and take a horn. I love, I love how, how seriously this is taken. Yeah. Let me call in every single resource fucking we have. Support? Yeah. We are not fucking letting these three assholes come yeah. and yeah. fucking ruin I know. Ruin this beautiful ecosystem. Uh, yeah, yeah, ecosystem. Yeah, species. Uh, so thanks to air support and the canines, one person was caught and he fessed up. He told rangers he saw one of his friends running towards a group of bush elephants and that's all he knew. And it was enough for rangers to know that that was just bad news. The herd was a breeding herd. Oh, so no. You, so you guessed it. The second suspect ran into an elephant orgy. And the elephants weren't having any of it. <gasps> oh, no. oh. Nope. <laughs> nope. Um, if they, if elephants take orgies as seriously as they take um, their funerals, yeah, real thing, um, then yeah, you, you really don't want to, <laughs> no. you don't want to get in the middle of that. Sex and death. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't yeah. do it. So quoting abcnews.com, quote, rangers later discovered the man badly trampled and his and dead from his injuries, end quote. Uh, now, if you're wondering if you can outrun the largest land mammal, no, you can't. Uh, <laughs> they, top, uh, they can top 25 miles per hour if instigated. And for perspective, Usain Bolt, the fastest human. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his world record is 27.8. So there you go. So yeah. un- unless you're Usain, yeah. uh, forget it. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Forget it. Uh, so if you're wondering about the third suspect, he suffered a head injury, possibly to one of his eyes, but escaped. So there's currently a search underway for him. He hasn't been found, though. No, he hasn't been found. Wow. Okay. So I don't know if he got out of the park. I don't know if anything else happened to him, but yeah. there's a search going on right now. And if this story sounds familiar, a trampling poacher, you know, yeah. uh, you're, it has happened before. 
but even more animals were involved. I love it. I love it. So, Dr. Marissa, would you please read further from allthatsinteresting.com? Absolutely. All right. Quote, in 2019, a suspected rhino poacher was killed in a similar way in Kruger National Park. He and four others had snuck into the park hoping to hunt rhinos. Instead, he ran into an angry elephant. Entering Kruger National Park illegally and on foot is not wise, said Glenn Phillips, then managing executive director of the park. It holds many dangers, and this incident is evidence of that. After an extensive, extensive search uh, that suspected um, poacher's body, that is, what was left of it, was found by park rangers. After being killed by an elephant, he had been eaten by lions. Mm -hmm. Rangers were only able to recover his skull and a pair of pants. Mm -hmm. End quote. Holy shit. But also, if you're a poacher and you are breaking into a place that is protecting wonderful animals that you were trying to poach, um, I like this. They should just put a big (laughs) sign. You may leave only a skull and a pair of pants. Yeah. I kind of think they know that, but it's, it's... the risks people will take for money. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's fucking terrible. Jeez. And I think uh, the managing executive, uh, the managing executive of Kruger Park, Gareth Coleman, I think he said it best in regards to the most recent event, quote, it is unfortunate that a life was unnecessarily lost. The campaign against poaching is the responsibility of all of us. It threatens many livelihoods, destroys families, and takes much needed resources to fight crime, which could be used for creating jobs and development. Absolutely. End quote. And I love how uh, I love how Gareth is just like, we need to defund the police. This is enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, we need to defund the police. This is yeah, this is working. Uh, yeah. So uh, after the break, how about less killy, more what the fuck? I'm down. Okay, how does that sound? Uh, why forty finches were smuggled in hair rollers through JFK. I gotta know. <laughs> I gotta know. Stay tuned. Please do. And we're back. We are so back. We're so back, and we're smuggling. Yeah, uh, we are. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Okay. Okay, not us, but another passenger. Okay. Maybe we, let's, let me... I'm down. Let me, <laughs> let me explain. Okay. Let's travel back a bit. It's summer 2019. Okay. And we're going through security at JFK in glorious New York City. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Now, that other passenger, a 39-year-old Connecticut man, placed his carry-on on the conveyor belt to be x-rayed, but the things inside made TSA agents curious. Uh-huh. Uh, why would uh-huh. a single dude have over three dozen hair rollers with no hair dryer or hair products, just just rollers in a bag? I right. Said, mm-hmm. And no, I'm, ge- I'm guessing you didn't have much hair either. <laughs> I, do, I don't know what this guy looks like. So... It was selected for a spot inspection, of course, and wouldn't you know it, those rollers, they weren't filled with drugs or diamonds or whatever the fuck, but birds. What? Each roller had one male chestnut-bellied seed pinch inside it. Why? Yeah. So, <laughs> so Dr. Marissa, would you like to see this finch? I have two photos, one of a finch, like, on a tree branch, looking all cute, and then the other is one finch from this arrest at JFK. Yes, I have okay. to know what's so special okay. about so, these finches. Here's one photo, the first photo of the little guy in the tree branch there. Okay, all right, so here's the thing. It's a bird. Um, 
It's a bird. I, it's a small yeah. bird. Yeah. It's, it's cute. I, it's not terribly special. It's, I mean, all creatures are special, but it's got black uh, a head, black wings, and then it's got a red belly. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's got, you know, a beak and some eyes. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And little little bird little feet, very yeah. cute little legs. Yeah. Okay. Now this is a a photo of the uh, one of the birds rescued at JFK. Okay, so it's a bird <laughs> peering up, and in, in it's in this little roller. It looks yeah. like it's sitting in a cup almost, and uh, it looks like there's some sort of fishnet mm-hmm. uh, material, so it can breathe, but it can't get out. It's right. wrapped over the top. Yeah. And it's just peering up out of this thing. It doesn't look particularly comfortable. It doesn't seem very humane. Is humane the right word? Uh, yeah. Humane? You yeah. Got it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't know why. Why? Why, why, <laughs> why Jill? Why, why are we doing this? Why this bird? Why this bird? <laughs> so both photos will be on our Instagram. Well, that's interesting pod. Um, but yeah, a little, bit, a little bit more about these birds. Okay. Yeah. So they're not endangered or rare. Okay. Uh, they are attractive. So yeah, they're very finches, cute. But they're not... Colorful, you know, the colorful birds of like birds of paradise by any means. Yeah, all. you can buy a much more colorful bird legally in a store. Yeah, I think some, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, and they're actually widespread in South America, from Venezuela to Brazil down to Paraguay, um, mainly east of the Andes Mountains because these little ones love to eat seeds. Uh, so they stick around land with like lots of plants and grass and shit. Okay. And okay. Basically, what I'm saying is that they're super prevalent in South America. They're like they're pigeons. Okay. <laughs> basically. So yeah. why why smuggle such a common bird? Why exactly? It turns out this guy was the fourth man arrested in a year in New York for doing that very thing. What? Yeah. In 2019, TSA agents quote discovered 326 songbirds being smuggled through 16 major airports across the nation, according to the. United States Customs and Border Protection. And in 2018, agents confiscated 2,117 record show. Oh my God. This would be like if I, if I packed a bunch of pigeons, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. <sighs> so uh, this quote is from a New York Times article, which is our main source. It's uh, written by Nate Schweber. And I won't say the title yet because that kind of gives it away. Okay. Why we're, why we're doing all this. Now, these unassuming song, songbirds can sell for three to $5,000 each. Wow, this is the broadest <laughs> price range. Oh, my God. Yeah. And the guy at the top of our story, uh, Francis Garahu of East Hartford, Connecticut, the sale of all those hair roller finches, if he got away with it, it could have raked in about $100,000. Who? Who was paying that much for these little birds? <sighs> so what the fuck is going on here? Uh, if you guessed... Highly competitive singing competitions among men and queens? You're right. I, so, I mean, that's exactly what I was thinking. What? So think the excitement of cockfights meets America's Got Talent. But absolutely no one dies. And instead of middle-aged men judging teens, it's tiny birds. <laughs> so, oh, my God. Jill, I yeah. never in a thousand million years... Bird singing competition. I I thought maybe they were using their feathers to make something very specific, like yeah. But they're singing. Yeah, we're we're gonna get into it. This is almost cute. It's it actually is cute when it's legal. I'm gonna show you video. We're gonna get into it. It's fucking adorable. Oh my god. But anyway, (laughs) let's let's, let's continue. (laughs) Okay, so these competitions between bird owners are known locally as bird races. 
and mostly take place in the Phil Scooter Rizzuto Park in Queens, a short walk from the 121st station off the Jay-Z or the 111th station off the A. As, as a New Yorker, I had to look up where it was and how to get to it by the subway. That's just what you do. Yep, yep. So that's how you get there if you're in New York. Anyway, this park is just north of a section of Queens called Little Guyana. And it's no coincidence that a lot of singing battles take place here. A singing battle. Mm-hmm. I love it. Now, Dr. Marissa, would you be so kind as to read from our New York Times source, Illegal Bird Smuggling is Fueled by Finch Singing Contests in New York. I, I, what a title. All right. <laughs> I've never been so happy to read a quote. Okay, quote. This is like a sport from back home, said Ray Hari Narain. Almost nailed it. Ray Hari Narain. Uh, a bird importer who lives in the Cypress Hills neighborhood of Brooklyn. People from Guyana move here and bring their traditions. Mm-hmm. End quote. So, okay, hold on. Yeah. Let's, let's not, for lack of better words, unpack this. Um, <laughs> so they're smuggling these birds to, um, to include this tradition. Yeah, it's definitely tradition-based. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get into... The guys who do this, yeah, every week in Queens or whatever, um, but we're, and we're also going to get into the smuggling thing that's kind of ruining the sport. That's but, not very humane, but yeah. I I do think there is something really really cool about like oh yeah we're, we're not going to let anyone yeah. get in the way of this aspect of our culture, which in many ways doesn't seem too harmful except for the smuggling. Exactly. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna watch some videos. I'm gonna. Uh, on YouTube about this little singing competition Aww. thing, which is, it, it's the most heartwarming fucking thing. And uh, we'll also get into the smuggling and as to why that happens. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So here's a crude explanation about how a bird race works. Okay. So there's two female finches in their own cage. They're placed side by side and the crowd bets, places bets, everything from wagering who buys the next round of beers to throwing down hundreds of dollars. Wow. On which bird will sing the clearest, fastest tune to establish dominance over the other. Okay. So, but here's the thing. I'm not an expert by any means. I never heard of this before. Um, so I think we should just let, I think we should just hear from one of the hobbyists directly. The, the guy we just quoted, Ray Harinarin. Yeah. Uh, let's head on over to YouTube for a, a brief listen. I would so love he'll to explain it. Also, if any of our listeners are familiar with this or have partaken in this, yeah. please write to us about it. I would love to hear hear a, a personal story about oh, that'd this. Be great. Yeah. What what your feelings are on the smuggling stuff? I I might be getting this completely wrong, but I I think yeah. it's beautiful, but also like it's two sides. It's beautiful, yeah. but also inhumane. I don't know. Right. Okay. So there's a touching four minute mini documentary featuring mm-hmm. Ray called The Bird Kings of Queens and it's, <laughs> and it's produced by the New York Times. In it, he explains just what the judges are looking for. So let's have a brief listen on how that's done. I'm going to pull it up right now. Hopefully it's loud enough. <laughs> All right, here we go. Whoops. Oh, no. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Nailed it. Sorry. All right, so. Okay, but come to the Bronx. It's a macho thing, you know, like, birds is like a racehorse. The guy with the good board, 
he get bragging rights. These birds sings because they're competing with each other for the female. Aww. Instead of fighting, they sing against each other, and the most dominant one take over the territory. When we have a competition, two guys, they bring their bird, they put it on a single pole, and we have two judges and a bunch of guys around it. So they're, they're putting the notes. Every time yeah. the bird pause, is one note. When he start another one, is another note. First bird that the judge says 50, that's the one that wins the competition. And there you go. Oh my God. All right. Once again, we have some stuff to unpack. Yeah, go for it. I... This is fascinating. All right, so it's it's a bunch of guys, really tough-looking guys, yeah. with the most serious expressions yeah. on their face. Oh yeah, um, and they're each holding these tiny cages yeah. with these tiny birds <laughs> who are whistling, and and these male birds who are yeah. competing for yeah. a female mate. Yeah, I didn't realize that was what was happening. Yeah. So it's also like. A very normal part of the bird's life. Yeah. Um, I guess being in a cage isn't very normal, but it, it it was so, it's so interesting and it is so serious. Extremely serious. Yeah. Dead uh, serious. I thought it would be kind of like maybe they're relaxed about it. No, not no. relaxed. Yeah. It's got the, it's got the tension of a, of a cockfight. It really does. Yeah. It really does. It's just these very guys serious. staring at these adorable <laughs> two inch you know, tall birds. Yeah, it's really cute. And uh, yeah, the documentary goes on to show how careful and respectful Ray is with his birds. Uh, There's a whole damn room in his house dedicated to them. uh, And it's temperature controlled and shit. Um, He's like actually most guys in this sport. Uh, They breed their own birds. Yeah. And they take care of them like their own kids. And they treat them like aspiring athletes. Wow. So, but he goes on to say the following, and this is about the three minute mark. I think we should have a listen to what he has to say. Absolutely. Okay, and here we go. I'm going to unmute it this time because that's, <laughs> that's what I did last time. That's why. <laughs> here we go. Our sport's been deteriorating a little oh. because we have a lot of guys that came into it. It's just hustlers. You know, they like to sell birds and trade birds, but some people just have the love for the bird. Yeah. Set them up front. Yeah. Door run like- there you go. Oh my gosh. I know. It, it's so beautiful. He He's very serious, but he is so respectful yeah. of this uh, event. Yeah. Very, of these birds. Very much so. Um, there's always one asshat that ruins the fun, not only ruining the sport, but also endangering the fucking ecosystem. Yeah. So, Dr. Marissa, if you would be so kind as to read from our source about the possible risk of introducing. Introducing? Introducing introducing a species uh, into New York City. Absolutely. All right, quote. Or anywhere, really. Oh, yes. (laughs) This is very true. All right, quote. Under federal law, transported birds must be quarantined for 30 days to ensure they do not carry avian flu or Newcastle disease, which can infect humans and domestic poultry, said Paul Cowell, the chief veterinarian and vice president of health programs at the Wildlife Conservation Society. That inconvenience, coupled with a superstition that birds from the wild are more viral and better singers than birds bred in captivity, feeds the market for smuggled birds. Some people just prefer to to smuggle, said Mr. Hari Naran. The manner in which the finches are often smuggled 
with no protection from high or low temperatures, no food, water, and limited ability to move creates stress, making the animals more susceptible to spreading any virus or parasite they might be carrying. With a multi-billion dollar U.S. poultry industry, there's a lot at stake and a lot at risk if they're moving animals like this, Mr. Cal said. It's a terrible thing. End quote. End quote. So not only is it inhumane, it's very hard on other animals here. Yeah. It's it's dangerous for those animals. It's... Exactly. It's dangerous for the animal. They might be carrying something that we don't know and... That's dangerous causes for us. an outbreak of avian flu and shit. All on the superstition, believing that wild wild males are more virile and they're better singers. But um, let's not forget kidnapping wild animals from their native home also affects the ecosystem there. I didn't even think of that. Right. So there's a lot of fucked up things going on. And what's more fucked up is that smuggling a wild bird doesn't even pay off. That superstition is just a superstition for a reason. Really? Yeah. So there's no shortcuts. In success, it takes time, even in competitive bird singing. The way to win, um, from what I've heard and what I've read, well, baby baby birds, what's with me today? Okay. (laughs) Baby birds learn to sing through imitation, which means you could groom a champion right out of the egg by playing recordings of other champions. I love that! (laughs) We should be doing that instead. That is so cute. A playlist of the best singers and queens is all you need, not some elaborate smuggling operation. No! Yeah. Donald Bruning, the Bronx Zoo's ornithologist for decades, summed it up. Quote, that would solve the whole problem. Amazing. Yeah. In the meantime, Ray and the guys continue to gather with their birds, and he said it best as to why they keep this tradition going. So let's end on a high note, no pun intended. Oh, man. All right. I'm going to play it. going to unmute it, for the love of God. All right, here we go. Like uh, medicine for us, a remedy to get out of the depression state. Some of these guys, they hear these birds singing and... And it makes them feel like they're home. There you go. That's so beautiful. They use it to feel better. They use it to feel like they're home. Yeah. It, they, they're they combating depression. I, I love <laughs> everything about this except for the smuggling. Yeah. <laughs> Let's breed them. Yeah. Let's teach them to sing when they're babies. How cute. Give them sweet temperature controlled rooms and lives i'm so into it i think it's adorable yeah. and it's got these really serious guys yeah uh, just just like they're so intense about this it's really adorable yeah i highly recommend uh checking out the bird kings of queens just so you could see their facial expressions and just the cute little setup they have in the park it's adorable it's i kind of want to yeah. go see this yeah. i it's, it's really cute it's really great and that is the end of In Between 034. Amazing. I'm so glad to, to quote you ending on a high note. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> uh, please rate, subscribe, tell your friends, fucking rate, review. I think I said that already. We read each one. It's You guys are fantastic. We, we love amazing. you guys. Also, if you have had any experience with this, um, with uh, uh, the birds or anything like this, or you've seen it before, please message us because I would love to hear more about it, yeah. especially a personal story. Exactly. So. We would love to share it. Yeah. So please stay interesting. Please do.